0: Are you an investigative professional? Did you know you can find the best private investigator resources using InvestigatorsToolbox.com? This resource community was built exclusively for licensed investigators and investigative professionals. You can network directly with members, educate yourself through free webinars and blogs, and even create your own customizable research library. Membership starts for as little as 49 cents a day. Download the Investigators Toolbox app or visit our webpage at www.investigators-toolbox.com. Is a good case management system keeping you from taking your business to the next level? Crosstracks is the premier case management system for the investigative community. They're the only SOC 2 certified case management software available. Visit Crosstracks.com. tell them you're a listener, and save even more. Get a plan in place for the new year to grow your business to the next level. Are you in the New York metro area and are looking for work? Satellite Investigations is currently looking for a full-time field investigator. Visit Matt's profile on LinkedIn for more details and the links in the show notes. Good luck.
1: Are ready to attack Rock Ridge at noon tomorrow? Here's your badge. We don't need no stinking
0: budget! Oh, no. Welcome to PI Perspectives. Today we welcome Florida PI, Mark Mernon. Mark is the second half of Investigators In Cars Drinking Coffee YouTube series. His better half, Wendy, also stars in a show. Today, Matt and Mark tackle video statement taking and the challenges new technology brings when using that format. The guys discuss the pros and cons of trying to implement this new tool for Investigators Toolbox. See what I did there? If you are watching the video version, you will notice the first 12 minutes or so was missing a video feed. Well, PI Magazine's 2021 Investigator of the Year forgot to turn on the record button for this one. But the video does pick up after the break. Matt, I think I might need a bonus for producing this next episode. (laughs) But all joking aside, this is some great content. So please welcome Mark Mernon and your host, Private Investigator, Matt Spare.
2: And welcome everybody to this week's uh, edition of PI Perspective. This is Matt Sperry, your host. Uh, today I am in snowy uh, New York as we record this, and uh, we're talking to somebody in sunny Florida. I want to welcome Mark Mernon to the program. Mark, how are you?
3: Great, Matthew. Great. How's the uh, How's the great white north up there?
2: It's, it's pretty white today. So, uh, yeah, we, we got a little, little storm coming in. It's actually not too bad It is what it is and we're dealing with it and uh, you're in the sunshine and I was in the sunshine yesterday down in Destin. I went to visit the guys down at Tracks, So uh, now I'm dealing with that. So um, complete legal investigations is your business. Investigators in Cars Drinking Coffee is a a great YouTube show that you do with your wife. Um, Tell me a little bit about the show and then tell me a little bit about the business.
3: Uh, Wendy and I have been partners since 2003. I started the company in 2001. I left the Federal Public Defender, and in 2003, she came to work for me. Apparently lost her mind. Right. She came to work for me. I told her, uh, the first year I remember, she came to work for me, and uh, I gave her a debit card. I said, look, if you play your cards right a year from now, I'll give you the PIN number. (laughs) I have been working for Wendy ever since.
2: Of course, exactly. <laughs> so Wendy is
3: the reason we're still in business twenty yeah. years later. So yeah,
2: yeah. But, I um I I don't know if I envy it or I don't know how I feel about the whole spouse thing. And I I do know, you know, Karen Dean Beers. You know, like there there are few out there folks that that do the husband yeah. and wife team. My wife has told me like many years. She's like, let me help you with the business. Like, let me get involved with doing things. And we homeschool our kids, right? And I got a bunch of kids. So I was like, no, you have a job. You're good.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I could not pay to replace you. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I think it works for us because Wendy uh, is a uh, certified paralegal. So Mm. she came out of the legal profession. I think if she had been a teacher or a nurse, it might not have worked as well. But she... Yeah, you know, we were, we were very similar in uh, work background, so it works for us. i it's great. If you can do it, it's not always a solution, but for us. And I think investigators in cars kind of came off as a um, we hired a social media consultant that says, oh, you guys would be great.
2: Look at that. Um, awesome.
3: Yeah. So she helped us kind of develop the whole premise and we just shot it from the car and uh, did very well. And we're very excited about it. And the main thing is putting up content, yeah, So we try and keep the content.
2: I was always curious. Did you ever get a letter from Jerry?
3: You know, actually, Matt, that was kind of the objective. Yeah. <laughs> My claim to fame was a cease and desist letter. From film. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so, uh,
3: yeah, comedians in cars getting coffee. We just kind of riffed off of that. Yeah, why not? That's really people ask. Well, what do you do for a living? I said, well, I drive around, drink coffee, and ask stupid questions. Right. And that's uh, that's the invest that's the PI's uh, that's the PI's job description.
2: Yeah, for us all, right? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it, it, we're gonna get into the subject matter later, but today we're we're talking about that world kind of moving virtually, and how we're doing now asking stupid questions uh, online. online. <laughs> it's being recorded, <laughs> virtual so virtual. <laughs> we're gonna get into that in a little bit, um, but yeah, the the whole husband wife thing. Before we move on from that, it's I think about like when. I talk about my day to my wife, you know, and it's just like, sometimes she's like, tell me about it, honey. And other days she's just like, Ugh, really? All right. Uh, yeah. Now we're going to listen to this nonsense for, for a bit. And, you know, just <laughs> trying to understand, you know, what that dynamic is with two people that actually do the same things. Like, do you ever like not talk about work?
3: There, there are times now we're, we're really a very sweet season of our life where we have you know adult children now we're having some grandchildren so right
2: uh,
3: but we do uh, our our lives overlap so much and really that was one of our one of our dreams was to be able to work together right and uh, when the lord opened up an opportunity to do that we uh, we ran with it uh but Wendy does uh, we did a lot of criminal defense work and Wendy did a lot of civil work and then she started uh, doing mitigation on death penalty cases right uh, kind of the kind of the kind of the time frame where I was kind of getting out of criminal defense. She really dove in and really built up a uh, uh, a good practice in uh, mitigation defense, which can be uh, very emotional, uh, emotionally involving, yeah. um, uh, and it, it can be a strain. But she does such a great work with it, and she's yeah. so organized. And she's very left brain. I'm very right brain. So for us. Uh, it's a, it's a really perfect fit.
2: So between the two of you, you got one, one working brain. That's fantastic. One working brain. <laughs>
3: Actually hers is fully working. Mine's only about a quarter. So, you know, there you you go. brain, brain and a quarter. It's
2: a Florida thing, man. <laughs> yeah, it is. Totally. totally. Um, that, well, that's great, man. It's, it's good that you can, um, count on one another, uh, to, to yeah. do that. And, um, you know, seeing it, it, it work. And, you know, I kind of, I mentioned Karen and Dean, you know, cause they're the first two that come to, to mind. Um, yeah. We just
3: had, uh, just had lunch with them. We we're on Colorado visiting our uh, son and uh, daughter-in-law, our new yeah. grandson out there. And we managed to slide up to uh, where they're at in North, uh, North Colorado, had lunch with them. And uh, Dean and Kathy have been great. Uh, Dean and Karen have been great motivators yeah. for us as well, kind of a... Kind of setting the track for for other people like that plus sure. all the work that he does for nciss and oh yeah and those two are investigators worldwide yeah, yeah. So he's a great they're they're yeah. a great they're a great blessing to our profession
2: yes phil and, and yin johnson another one that comes to mind yes, our international yes. friends shout out to yeah. those folks above, uh, across the pond because i know they're watching. So. Oh. Yeah. Good to have you guys with us. Yeah. Yeah. So another one like and they've been doing it for a long time. <laughs> like you know, like yeah. I, it, was, it just fascinates me. How do you how do you just turn it off and just leave You know, work? and none of
3: our kids want to get into business with us. We got four <laughs> adult children, very smart, college, the whole thing. Right. We hired two of them and it wasn't the it wasn't a yeah. good fit for some reason. But yeah. we thought, well, succession, we'd have the kids come up in business, but sure just didn't happen and they're happier that way and frankly we are too mm-hmm. you know it's just such a unique it's a unique profession
2: yeah
3: it is it is a calling i i think it is i see the investigative profession as, as a calling yeah uh you're you're outfitted for it people who do it do it Are they're enthusiastic they love what they do uh, every day is different yeah uh, you're not in an office you're not in a courtroom all the time you're out talking to real people under all kinds of different <laughs> circumstances so that that's been I think one of the best decisions I ever made was not going to law school, and staying in the investigative profession.
2: So I was in the same boat, uh, and I've talked about this before um, on, <laughs> on, on the show. So I won't go into to huge details, but you know I had that choice that 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 fork in the road, right? Go to law school, incur uh, at the time it was about one hundred twenty thousand dollars worth of debt oh, yeah. to become an attorney. Oh, yeah. And, or start my own business right and i've always had that entrepreneurial heart you know where yeah. i want to do it yes i could be an attorney and start my own firm right but i would go into the courthouses and see all the attorneys and, and be like wow how am i going to be different from any of these schlubs you know these guys that just yeah. look miserable standing yeah. online in the in the county clerk's office you know all yeah. disheveled and and this and that and i'm like you know i really have this passion for helping people and i have this passion for for um that interaction, you know, that back yeah. and forth, that why did yeah. something happen? How did it happen? Yeah. Right. So if you have that inquisitive mind, you know, you're going to succeed in, in the investigation world because it, it, you have that, that fire and desire to push it forward. And, you know, I made the choice to work on the plaintiff side because I've, I felt like I'd be helping people, you know, folks yeah. that have been injured, um, which is the, you know, we had talked about this offline before we started, you know, not a lot of investigators take advantage of that platform, yeah. that, that, uh, vertical, as John <clears throat> Hoda would say, uh, yeah. you know, working on, uh, you know, the, the plaintiff attorney and, and, uh, there's a real market for it.
3: There is. And I, I think, uh, I, I, I was more, I didn't have have the same altruistic motives of trying to help people. I just realized that it was incredibly lucrative. That too. Yes. <laughs> uh, and the, and that the, uh, defense, uh, attorneys, um, They'll pay, but they're paid by the insurance company and the insurance company sets the rates. So yeah. it, to me, it was just, you know, I, I wanted to go uh, running a business. I want to go financially where it was the most lucrative. Yeah. Plus my criminal defense skills that I'd acquired through, you know, many years in that area perfectly suited me for, uh, the plaintiff. And yeah. I found that the plaintiff bars, the plaintiff attorneys were much happier yeah. with the level of work we were doing. Yeah. Uh, the expectations were so much lower lower on the plaintiff bar than they yeah. were over on the uh, criminal defense.
2: Yeah. And it's it's a different animal because, you know, you're, you're dealing with somebody who they have a, a fiduciary responsibility as far as the expenses go. Right. And, right. and they're laying the money out. So they're not getting it until it could be a couple of years before they get their money back. So, you know, they are going to be a little cautious on that end. However, they will pay you promptly. And one of the, one of the problems I had with defense and I did a little bit of defense when I started, um, was that waiting 200 days to get paid or, you know, the adjuster going, well, the law firm never authorized your services through us. So your bill that's $5,000, we'll give you three, take it or leave it. Right. Exactly. So that actually happened to me a few times. And I was like, you know what, this is nonsense. Yeah, I'm not doing that, you know.
3: No, it is, and in the the there's a uh, there is an entrepreneurial bent to plaintiff law that doesn't exist in the defense or the criminal defense sector because they bill yeah. by the hour. Yeah, criminal defense lawyers will pay will will do a flat fee, but it's a it's a flat fee, and that's all they get. Yeah, uh, I mean the plaintiff bar, they they figured out that there is a they front the costs. Yeah, uh, they're in it to win it. Uh, they don't get a, they want they want to get to a settlement right uh, and so it's very it's geared toward that almost like um, it is very entrepreneurial. Yeah. they're fronting the money. they absorb the cost, they take the risk and they get the reward.
2: yeah, and, and we had a game changing um, change in the um, in the retainer agreements in New York State probably about seven or eight years ago now um, oh, wow. where their settlement fees, their one-third fee that they collect is right. based upon the original amount now. It used to be it was based upon the amount that was remaining after they recovered their expenses. So, okay, if it was a the remainder of it, okay, if, it, okay. if it was a hundred thousand dollars settlement and they paid ten thousand dollars, they were getting their one third on ninety thousand dollars. Now 100. the way it Ooh. is is they're they're still getting their one third on a hundred, even though they're right. they're recovering their expenses. So it takes more money out of the plaintiff's pocket, but. Right it makes the attorney more willing to spend money because they, they know that if they can gain leverage and liability early on, the chances of them having to litigate are that much slimmer. So um, it really helped my industry and folks that understood that. And as an investigator, understanding that when I'm marketing, you know, like, Hey, are you aware of this, you know, thing? Cause some of them weren't aware and they're like, what really? Sometimes I was
1: work. like, some of you,
3: sometimes you're educating. your." Yeah.
2: Clients. So I was like, spend the money, bro. <laughs> You'll get it back. You <laughs> know, work. Don't be cheap. <laughs> yeah. Don't well, you know, cheap. you don't yeah. want to say that on a sales call. <laughs> so, um, oh, spend the money. Yeah. The yeah. 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 I mean, and, and things are changing and yeah, you had talked earlier about, um, you know, having a, a passion in, in yours was driven uh, on the entrepreneur wise, but you also do give back to this industry and you have, you have training manuals, you have things that you provide. So tell me a little bit about that, um, that stuff and, and uh, what you do for the, uh, the investigative community.
3: Well, what we, um, what we did back in 2005, we opened up the company in 2001 when came with me in 2003 and we were having some, some extraordinary success. I had come out of the state public defender in the federal public defender system uh, in the 80s and the 90s. Uh, and so we, we just knew a ton of lawyers and Wendy knew a lot of civil attorneys. So we were growing very, very quickly. Um, and we did not have systems in place to absorb the growth and maintain the quality of work product that we had that we had done to get the clients in the first place, we did. We had a good product. We had we had uh, steps that we took on each case, and we were getting good results in in state and in uh, civil, uh, criminal and civil courts. So we were getting more clients by referrals. We were also marketing, but we did not have systems in place to uh, to have the infrastructure to absorb more cases. Right. So uh, we had a consultant come down, a business consultant come down and speak at a local family meeting, Florida Association of Licensed Investigators, and she posed a very interesting question. She said, "If your business doubled or tripled in the next twelve to twenty-four months, could you do the work and maintain the quality uh, that you do uh, that that you do now?" And the answer for us was no.
2: Right.
3: So we started creating systems processes procedures for b- taking on more business and maintaining the quality of the work product uh, and we wrote manuals Wendy and I spent three three four years writing step-by-step procedures systems processes for case intake administration human resources um, uh, investigative procedures and we wrote it all out so when a new uh, when we hired a new investigator or a new intern or a new uh, bookkeeper, we handed that person a manual.
2: That's great. Uh,
3: and uh, so we wrote those manuals in 05 to 08. Right. And then a couple of years ago, we decided our our new consultant, or we have another consultant in social media, she said, why don't you package those? Right. Put those into manuals. So we've, we did. We've got uh, six manuals now on our website, the Profitable PI, and they are designed for private investigators who want to build a Build a business either with employees or subcontractors, and to reduce the onboard time by providing your new hire with a specific manual. Sure, that's great. uh, That has been includes research, uh, employee subcontractor manual, marketing to plaintiff attorneys is one of them. Uh, So we wrote those manuals. We we are starting to market them to the different PI associations, and that's been uh, very successful. We're very grateful.
2: What are the uh, what are the price points on those?
3: Uh, I think we charge like uh, anywhere from thirty to forty-five dollars. I think the uh, procedure manuals and the employee and subcontractor, man- subcontractor manuals are forty-five bucks, yeah. and the um, the marketing manuals and the Silver Bullet are thirty twenty-nine okay. ninety-nine or that's, whatever. It that's is. great,
2: super affordable. I mean, it's, yeah. It's almost yeah, super like affordable. Number, you can no download brand. them. You yeah. don't
3: have to wait for print. You can just download them, print up, uh, print up yeah. what you want there and, mm-hmm. uh, and have it available.
2: Fantastic. So, uh, so we're we're going to jump out and take a, a quick break. And when we come back, I really wanna dive into the topic. We were gonna be talking about taking statements, witness statements over vehicles like Zoom and and all that. Uh, So uh, everybody sit tight
1: and we'll be right back. Don't let asset investigations become a hassle for you. Let the professionals at J.T. Palmer & Associates, Inc. get you the information you need. We are a team of research specialists dedicated to providing you the intelligence that you're unable to locate through public databases. We have national and international resources available to provide accurate results to assist you in your asset investigations and in a timely manner. We work tirelessly to uncover exactly what collectible assets someone has. Whether you're investigating a business or an individual, our dedicated research team employs a range of techniques to bring the investigation to a conclusion. All information developed over the course of these searches is obtained in an ethical, legal, honest, professional manner. When you need asset investigations done right, turn to J.T. Palmer & Associates. You can contact our team by visiting our website at jtpalmerassociates.com or call 800-808-0078.
0: Registration is open for the first annual Security and License Investigator Conference in Augusta, Georgia. Gain skill and knowledge from top-tier speakers. You'll learn from the industry's leading professionals in security and investigation on the following topics. Practical aspect of death investigation, perimeter and facility security, organized crime investigations for private investigators, negligent security investigations, crimes against disabled adults and the elderly, CADE, C-A-D-E active shooter mitigation training, how to engage your federal law enforcement partners, investigating officer-involved shootings, and ethics for private investigators. Learn more by visiting cga-solutions.com. That's cga-solutions.com. See the link in the show notes. Check out the PI Institute of Education at piinstitute.com. Since 1989, Kelly Riddle has been teaching on subjects such as surveillance, nursing home investigations, insurance fraud, domestic investigations, hidden assets, and accident scene investigations. The PI Institute of Education is a featured learning partner in the theinvestigatorstoolbox.com. So check out the free content on the site, then visit the Institute for more great savings on additional classes. Get the latest issue of PI Magazine, available online or by hard copy. Visit PIMagazine.com to learn more.
2: And welcome back to PI Perspectives. This is Matt Spare, your host. Today we are here with Mark Mernin from Florida. Mark, how are you?
0: Doing great here. Loving it.
3: We got the Honda Classic in our backyard. It's beautiful. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, it's a beautiful day.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I... I 70 yesterday, uh, 30 today for me. <laughs> so <laughs> it is what it is. Um, yeah.
3: We're having a, We're having a, I, I never try never to advertise it, but we, we, we are very blessed down here. Absolutely.
2: Definitely. Definitely. Um, so the topic of the day, what we wanted to talk about stems from a conversation you and I had probably about three or four months ago. Um, yeah, yeah we were connected on LinkedIn and you had reached out to me and said, Hey, um, you know, this whole, video statement thing like what's your take on this yeah. um and there have been some things back and forth in new york here and we were able to chat about it and i said this would be kind of interesting to, to do on a show we should probably do a show so here we are today doing a show <laughs> <There> <laughs> um, we are. so uh, why don't you relate to me a little bit your experience and then i'll i'll chime in with mine on sure. um you know doing these video statements and how it came about for you
3: yeah we uh, uh as we were mentioning we do a lot of work with plaintiff attorneys um, and a, a lot of recorded statements. I've done probably a few thousand of them over the past twenty odd years.
2: Florida is a one-party state or a two-party state? It is a two-party state, so okay. you do have
3: to have consent of the uh, of the witness. And so I, I have a preface. Uh, to every single statement I do, it says, uh, this is Mark Renan. I'm a private investigator. I want to inform you. I'm a private investigator. I'm not an attorney. I'm Sorry, I'm not a law enforcement officer. I'm not an insurance adjuster. I work for attorney John Doe, and he represents the plaintiff, blah, blah, blah. Right. Uh, do you understand I'm recording this conversation? Am I recording it with your permission? And then we dive into the formatted and statement. Uh, and then I wrap it up in conclusion. Do you understand? I've been recording this conversation. Have I been recording it with your permission? So I've got a, I've got the statement sandwiched. Oh, so your book bookending.
2: That's smart. See, yeah. I you know yeah. I don't do that. I, I did it in the beginning. You know, state your name yeah. and that you're and yeah. know you're being recorded. And you know, New York yeah. is a one party state, but sometimes right. we'll have to call Florida or Pennsylvania or connecticut you know and they are um two-party states um and you know let's let's riff on a uh, another question here because sure. it, it will relate a, a bit to the digital part of the, or the video part of it you know what happens if you're interviewing somebody and you're in a one-party state but you're calling a two-party state right
3: uh yeah that's interesting i you know every time i use the same format because i just presume without knowing each state. I just presume we're in a two-party state. Yeah. And uh, I, my position is that I want the witness to be cognizant that we are recording this. And I tell them this is it's a recorded statement. It's going to go to who it's addressed to, who I represent, because I don't want there to be any confusion after yeah. the fact as to who I represent.
2: Yeah. yeah.
3: And that's a consequence, too, of uh, many, many years of criminal defense work. Where in the past, uh, you know, I've been accused of, you know, oh, you say he said he was a police officer, Mm -hmm. so I went to great pains to uh, develop a a a business card that doesn't look anything like a cop's.
2: Yeah, yeah, right.
3: Uh, I came out of the uh, state, uh, state and uh, federal government, and the stakes were even higher in federal court, so I made sure that my business cards. Uh, reflected that I was with the federal public defender and not with the FBI.
2: Right. Nothing badge looking like on that, uh, on the court. No, not me. a thing. So does not Florida m- like- require you to, to carry badges or allow you to carry badge- no. badges? Yeah. No, so see, in New York, we're not allowed. we don't We're not allowed, you're to, not allowed to have a badge. We don't need badge. no stinking badges. Yeah. Like exactly. Right. Good callback. <laughs>
3: uh, I, I saw
2: that movie <laughs> I mean, was like uh, 30 years old or something. And uh, there's some recently somebody said that. Yeah.
3: I had a badge when I was with the federal public defender. The thing was huge. Yeah. And the only thing it got me was I was able to flash it to a motel owner and he would be impressed. Yeah, And it got me into the South Florida fair one time.
2: Yeah. Uh, That's the only thing. (laughs) I didn't know how to,
3: I didn't know how to do the flip. I'd never been a cop, so I didn't know how to do the flip. I actually showed it to a guy and I dropped the wallet.
2: Right. Completely
3: lost its dramatic impact.
2: You know, that, that movie blazing saddles was the first R rated movie that I, that I watched ever. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, good job, Dad. <laughs> yeah, sure. Come on, let's go watch the movie. <laughs> Lord, the yeah. We don't. We. I, I.
3: No matter who it is, I, I want to make sure that I that I'm yeah. sandwiching the. it's um, great. Ending the the statement to to let them know and to remind them at the end that we've been recording it. So yeah. uh, it just is a format. So we we have a I have a written format that I use for all my witness statements. I've got to memorize by now, but we developed a format with some plaintiff attorney clients. I said, what do you want to know? And they just gave me bullet points. So we put it into a format, which we, which I follow religiously because yeah. it keeps me on track, yeah. keeps me on script and allows the, um, it, it does kind of keep the witness from, you know, going off into rabbit holes.
2: Yeah. And it, you're protecting yourself, obviously, because I have had that happen as well, right? Where And it was great because the guy perjured himself. So, it, 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 yeah, it was fantastic. It wasn't a phone conversation. It was uh, right. you know, one of these door knocks where I don't yeah. know what's going to happen when I'm going in. I don't know if the person's yeah. going to sign a statement. But New York, being a one-party state, I can record it, right? So
3: sure,
2: I go and I record it, and I tell the guy who I am, who I work for, right. why I'm there, like you know, very specific as to why yeah. I'm doing that. And the guy actually, like they, they were using me for trial. So I was oh. there, and they had the guy on first, Okay. And basically, they uh, they had him on, and he's like, investigator never said who he was, blah blah blah. They, they painted his whole picture, and the attorney's just letting the guy hang himself, right? And then, then he finishes up, and and uh, they bring me up, and. Then they play the audio, <laughs> like they have me do it. and Then they play the audio behind it. Then Oops. they're like, "Your Honor, we'd like to call the the witness back onto stage, you know, for redirect, you know." And it's like, "Would you like to change what you just testified to?" <laughs> you know, <laughs>
3: we just had a, we just finished a trial in federal court, and it, it was misery. It was uh, never mind, but yeah. one witness had been a uh, I had tried to contact her, um, and she she uh, she left a voicemail. And I, I'm, I'm working for a criminal defense attorney so I so I just want you to know that uh, I'm uh, I'm not going to do anything to help the defense uh, because you know blah, blah 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 I mean she just hung herself on her bias so uh, but then she left it for me in a voicemail yeah so we were able to provide that to the attorney to demonstrate to the jury that she wasn't necessarily impartial right so the recording can go both ways.
2: It can. I yeah, think. no, de- definitely. Yeah. Um, you know, and the yeah. same thing with, with video statements here, because now you're adding the whole specter of facial expressions. Right. So, right. you know, that's a, a very big thing when, you know, you, you, you have somebody who for a living will look at someone's facial expressions as they're answering things. And they're saying, Oh, cool. Look, the, the eyes are moving this way or, sure. you know, they're, yeah. they're doing like some weird look like, yeah, they're obviously lying or, or you know, like, right. like this kind of stuff. And it creates, it creates a whole nother, like almost like 4D, complexity. right? It's yeah. no longer 3D now, it's 4D. We're, we're, we're okay. going a step further into yeah. it. Um, the one thing I want to say before we jump into that is the question of when you're calling somebody um, on a cell phone number mm-hmm. uh, right. to do a statement. And right. the, the cell phone number is an out-of-state number. Right. But you're in state and you're in a, in a one-party state, but you're calling a, a telephone number that's a two-party state number sure. you got to be yeah. really careful right because you don't know where that oh, person absolutely. is so like when i'm doing that i always like hey i'm matt this is why i'm calling it hey are you here in new york or are you somewhere else <laughs> you know like it's like the first thing they say no there i'm here in new york way. okay boom nah, nah. then i hit record and like okay like i said my name is madam <laughs> blah, blah, blah. right so yeah. it's like using the jedi mind trick but they don't even like why is this guy asking me for me? yeah i'm here in new york why why are you asking <laughs> you know and, and it's like being able yeah. to do that so You never assume anything is basically the point that I'm I'm making, right? So you got to try and do it. So, um, all right. So getting into this whole video uh, statement thing, right? So COVID hits, right? Right. Shelter in place. Folks aren't allowed to, to work. You can't get out there. We still yeah. got to find a way to, to get work done and generate. And the opportunity comes up with Zoom. Everybody starts Zooming. Not many people had heard about Zoom or knew what Zoom was or, or uh, you know, any of the other. Uh, it's not just Zoom because there, there are a couple of different platforms that are out there. Sure. Um, sure. You know, Teams, I think is another one. Like not many people have. Teams, WebEx. WebEx, whole, right. Yeah. yeah. Um, they all stink as far as I'm concerned, by the way. Uh, so... Uh, you know, no, but not many people knew what that was or how to how to use it. But then, right. you know, there's this. Okay, well, we have the opportunity now to get this done and do it. But you know, I got to come up to speed and figure out. I got to learn how to use this, right? Sure. And then I got to make sure that the way I'm doing this is something that will be admissible in court later on. Exactly. You know, and you know, those were some serious, serious challenges. So tell me your experience a little bit about how how that unfolded for you and what you did.
3: Well, we we have uh, we have done video interviews in the past particularly with overseas witnesses or witnesses who were you know out of state and unavailable um uh, we had one girl we actually interviewed in australia we got up at like you know two o'clock in the morning yeah. uh, she actually agreed to and this is another component she agreed to uh uh, be interviewed, and uh, I don't even think we were able to record the interview at that time. This is you know, four or five years ago, but obviously, as as Facetime and um, Zoom, WebEx have uh, become more robust with the recording capabilities. Uh, we had a couple of attorneys ask us, "Can you get a recorded? Can you get a Zoom interview?" Yeah. As you and I were discussing early on in the conversations, the the additional level of complexity. Uh, because I, I should, I should lay out first of all. Uh, in all these interviews that we do, uh, I'm getting a phone number from a database. TLO mm. uh, down here, the crash reports that we get uh, do not. Uh, the officers do not ordinarily include a phone number for the witness. So I get a little, do a little down search, come up with a phone. I call dialing for dollars. I just dial the phone numbers listed. And like,
2: <laughs> You're the next you know, contestant. <laughs>
3: um and then i i get them on the once i'm able to get them on the phone you got to play sometimes you got to leave a message sometimes mm-hmm. uh they call you you're playing phone tag so it could be two or three attempts once you get a number to get yeah. the witness on the phone uh, and then i utilize a uh, i have a phone system uh, i use a, a recorder a digital recorder by mm-hmm. this is a phillips speech air i've got a um uh, uh, hook hookup to my telephone, so I'm just I'm just recording them to my phone, mm-hmm. uh, and I, I just call it dialing for dollars. Yeah. Uh, but it's always at the witness's convenience. Sure. Uh, so when the attorneys asked if I would be willing to take Zoom interviews, I said, "Well, first of all, they've got to be willing to willing to set an appointment. Yeah. I've got to schedule it, send them a Zoom invite." Yep. Uh, the recording, you know, the recording isn't that difficult because I mean, you know, you just hit record here and we, and you're able to record it and get the audio and the video track. Uh, so that wasn't the problem. The problem was witness cooperation.
2: Yeah. And the, you know, also they got to be computer savvy, right? They got to have an email. If they don't have an email. Can't do yeah. it. Right. So you, that, got that's,
3: year, you got a, you got a 75 year old uh, uh, you got a 75 year old witness who saw a, a rollover. Well, yeah. are they going to have, are they going to be able to get to them Are they gonna have to yeah. get their kids over there to set them up on a zoom call?
2: Yeah. Yep.
3: So uh, I don't, I, I let the attorneys know uh, that, you know, if the if the if the witness is willing, and and in the in the situations we had, the witness was cooperative, and they mm-hmm. actually wanted the uh, they wanted the recording, the video and audio recording for a mediation. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, probably the same with you. Most of the attorneys want, most of our attorneys here in Florida, simply want a transcript, a typed transcript of a, of a recorded statement, yeah. just so they can present it to the adjuster and establish liability.
2: So here, here's it, here's one of the other issues. that's a, It's a big problem. Um, when you're interviewing somebody over the phone, you schedule an appointment to go meet with them. You're actually drafting the statement. You're never asking... Almost never, anyways. Asking that person in their own handwriting to write something out, right? Yeah. So you have the ability to edit context, right? right? So if you're working for a certain side and there's something that's kind of damaging, you can put it in there, but you can put it in a way that's going to be less damaging, right? Uh, and a savvy yeah. investigator knows how to do that, right? <laughs> yes. You know, and um, it's <clears throat> yeah. you're not you're not preventing the truth; you're kind of just right. masking a little bit, you know, or, or lessening the blow, right? Sure. You lose that ability. When you're having a video uh, interview, because or an audio, if
3: you're audio yeah. recording it, you also yeah. lose that ability. Yeah, because if you produce a transcript of what they say, right, it's it can, it can be problem. This is yeah. this I find more frequently in criminal defense cases, right, than I do in in civil cases.
2: Right. Oh, I never said that. Well, actually, you did. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, right it, and then they play it for him. I was like. Is that true or not? Yes, it's true. Okay. You know, maybe you just remember a certain way. So, yeah, it, I mean, it you, you do get that specter. But I think you get more of it now, uh, especially if you're showing it to a jury. Because not only are they sure. they hearing the words, they're seeing the facial expressions. And Correct. that goes a really, really long way in in animating something and, and just, you know, r- relating it, right? So if I'm a yeah. juror and I'm looking at, at – at, at, mark and he's telling me something and there's passion in his eyes and he's, he's got the italian thing going he's got his hands going is is this and that it's like wow this guy's like he really feels strongly that way strong. uh, as my it's hands strong. going up and down like he really feels strongly about this stuff yeah. like i believe he believes that that's what it what it is you know whereas no, if
3: yeah and zoom there's no mask either they're not right. feeling obligated to be masked right. which is a huge yeah. impact and in, in trial work and in, mm. in depositions uh, the mass just complicate everything yeah. you're not getting uh, an authentic read so and, yeah it so makes that element a little bit more uh, facil- facilitates that a little better
2: so here's the other thing if you want to really start getting crazy about this stuff let's now as a juror start looking at this i'm interviewing mark right and yeah. i'm hearing what mark's saying but i'm looking at what's around oh look at that poster in the background Ooh, yeah. Look at those books yeah. there. This guy's—he's yeah. smart. He's got books all over the place. He—he he knows what he's talking about, right? So your your background now is influencing, sure, subliminally. You know, the person who's it watching you talking, some, right, yeah,
0: It is
3: creating some bias.
2: Yeah, yeah. So it's it's, but it's a better
3: reflection of your witness,
2: right? Or, or not <laughs> like or not. you know like they could have some real crazy stuff in <laughs> the background a, there's a row of beer
3: cans in the back
2: over there you know, right they, uh, or uh, there's some illicit drugs hanging out all over the place hey look the guy's got a bong like, in the back you know like <laughs> there's nothing right you're gonna
3: know about it you're gonna and, and the plaintiff attorney needs to know that as well your yeah. clients need to know what yeah. their witnesses are doing as i said for 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 most of the nine, nine out of 10, maybe even 90, 99 times out of a hundred, the, the simple recorded statement is sufficient. But yeah. when you're coming to mediation, when you're coming to trial work right. and you have that opportunity to see the witness, uh, in his or her natural environment, uh, I mean, it's cause you and I. I mean, how many doors have you knocked on man,
2: yeah. in your career? Oh God. Thousands,
3: thousands. Yeah. And you go into, you go into someone's house and it's just this is what I is what drew me to the profession was going to people's houses. I missed that in covid. Yeah. Uh, just going to the door, knocking on the door and seeing what's in there. And people invite you in. I yeah. I, I just remember there was a, a private investigator named Erwin Bly who Nick Pollegi wrote a book called Ir- A Bly Private Eye back yeah. in the 70s. Oh, That's geez. the book that motivated me to become a private
2: investigator. Get you name dropping with with Mr. Pollegi, right? He's a, he's a good writer, very famous writer. Uh,
3: he uh he wrote that book and I, you know, knocking on doors and seeing what's happening when you're inside, you know, and they offer you something to drink. You always take, it. can I offer you some water and it comes in and it's, you know, there's like a roach leg in the bottom oh, of the cup, yes. and, you know, you, you just take it, you just take yeah. it, but you're right there, you're in their homes and you can communicate to the lawyer what they're dealing with. Cause in depositions or in trial, you don't see the witness in his or her natural environment. You ever been to a hoarder's house? Yeah.
2: Say what? You ever been to the uh, the home of a hoarder? Oh, I, I have. Guess. Yeah, I have with, with like you a six six inch path to walk to, to sit on stuff that's on the a couch. Path. There's always yeah. a path. Yeah. 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 And you know, my, my wife says the same thing. Like, don't ever bring your work bag into the house. <laughs> like, you know, Cause I don't know what you're bringing my home. My wife of. says that about my workout
3: bag. <laughs> yeah. Workout bag into the
2: bedroom. It like yeah. And, and one of the things that always amazed me sitting in people's houses and you, like you, you go and you look and you go, how do people live this way? Like you don't even have a dining table. Like you, no, you, you no. don't even sit down and eat together. Like this is
3: crazy. Right? How do you do this? Or there's no furniture or the furniture that they have. It's, uh, it's mismatched or it's yeah. from the sixties or yeah. whatever, but you know what? That's real life. Yeah. That's real life. And when you're in someone's living room, you, you're in, you're in his or her natural environment. Yeah. And it was a little dicey doing it. Cause I, we had some cases. I had to go do some personal interviews during COVID. It was a little dicey, but yeah. you know what? I didn't feel like I could wear a mask. Yeah. They were in their home. I was a guest. and
2: I did a lot of outdoor a of interviews. A
3: lot, of, a lot, of, but people wanted yeah. you to come in. Yeah. They were, they hadn't seen anybody. No one had knocked at I their know. doors. This is not all the time. Some of them were a little leery, but we would sit outside and said, do you want me, do you mind if I take my mask off? No, right. Nobody really wanted the mask on in yeah. the conversation. Yeah. So Good. it was just a weird time. I, I yeah. you know,
2: yeah. And even going back to the, the video aspect of it, another yeah. challenge with people uh, or challenger or or plus would be, you know, someone who was in the hospital and you needed yeah. to interview that person. You need right. them to sign documents or whatever. Um, right. So an attorney can represent them. We weren't allowed into hospitals. No, yeah, and and do even now, like I, hospital? I don't allow my staff to go to hospitals now. I'll probably lift it in another week or two, um, mm. because they're they're softening mandates. But you know, like when Omicron hit, like I had to say, okay, going forward, we are no longer going to nursing homes or hospitals, you know, until further notice. Yeah. And um, having the ability for someone to get onto a Zoom and do DocuSign, um, sure, to sign documents. Was a game changer for me. It was. It kept me in business, you know, because yeah. then we were able to actually. Doing, do, you do a lot of signups. We do a lot of signups. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you know that was. See, I could
3: never problem. figure out. I could never figure out a way to make make it cost effective.
2: Okay, so this is a good question. I'm glad. I'm glad you're bringing that up because that is something that, to cover. And I, uh, up until recently, I never had to deal with it, but I did have an attorney question. Like, wow, you build me this. I didn't bill him the same amount as we usually go sure. out to do, but I did bill him yeah. something similar to it. He goes, wow, I thought it'd be like much cheaper. And I'm like, listen, I got to pay my people yeah, an honest wage and I got to pay them. Like they're doing the work and they're doing yeah. the reports behind it. And there's a lot of uploading and downloading, and going through the documents. When, when someone doesn't have documents in front of them or they don't know how to right. use DocuSign, like understand that it's going to take an hour you may think that oh we're just going to go do this stuff but it's going to take yeah. an hour you know. Yeah. yeah there's no travel time but then you also got to figure in the cost of the software you know and and other expenses that come in the time of downloading and uploading and doing all this other stuff with with the file now itself. Like yeah. uh, I can't really give you a discount, you know. Like I'm gonna knock a little bit off, but you know I got to eat and stay in costs, business man. too, you know. So yeah,
3: it costs what it costs. So as soon I mean, as,
2: I, as soon as yeah. I said that, he was like, "Okay, I get it." And like and yeah, and not, one one attorney yeah. ever said anything, right? Um, so that was a, a decision I, I had to make, right? Yeah. When we were shut down, it's like, what do I charge for this, right? Because we're not going out in the field and doing that, and that's that's what I came t- down to. Like I'll knock a couple bucks off, but I'm not taking given a huge yeah. discount because there is a lot of time and, and effort that uh, goes goes into that. And there is subscriptions that you're paying now. I mean, it's minimal when you break it down to all the work that you actually do, but it's, it's there. You know, there's more admin. And
3: it's a cost. And, you, yeah. and you're in business, like yeah. they're in business. Yeah. Now, they're going to get 33% of perhaps a $100,000 settlement, you're going to get your hourly rate. Yeah. So I don't feel bad for the plaintiff attorneys because without the document, without the documents, without the work we did, yeah. they wouldn't have a case and they wouldn't have a sum. Yeah, and so that, I understand the role the, that we
2: play. That's one of the other things to take into consideration here when we talk about, you know, uh, taking video statements is right. the ability to make it affidavit, right? So yes. in New York. They, no. What do, you,
3: it, it, what do
2: you mean by an affidavit? So it was a temporary order where we were allowed to notarize documents uh, or uh, like notarize statements via online. Right. Like so, so okay. basically via DocuSign. So we have this meeting, you and I have, and then I draft a, a statement and I email the statement via DocuSign to somebody and they sign it and get it back to me. So the way the temporary oh. order was set up was, we have our meeting and I have 24 hours to send that person documents to sign and get back to me you know okay and it's like i wasn't in, in front of them you know the the, the one sure. thing was they had to be able to say uh, recorded online i am in the state of new york you know and i That's have correct. to be in the state of new york so as long as both yes. parties are in the state of new york they were allowing you to do an affidavit via you know zoom or one sure. of the other ones and and it would it would be admissible Right, okay. they they wouldn't have to stipulate later on that oh yeah we'll accept it. No, this is an emergency order. So right. that emergency order was made a permanent order probably about a month ago. Wow. So okay. So now this is how it's going to be from now. Free on. Free game, right? So attorneys when they do depositions, they can actually use those, right? It, it, it the, they're they're setting the table for this whole electronic you know world here that's going to replace the ability or the need to actually go to court, right? right? You'll never have the, the, the trial virtually. I don't think that'll yeah. ever happen. No, um, I agree. But like hearings, it's going to happen. It is happening. Oh, yeah. You know, deposi- calls, you know
3: hearings, deposition calls, hearings, the whole legal process is going to be streamlined by video.
2: So here's, here's why it's going to happen and why it needs to continue to happen. You've essentially lost a year worth of time with courts being shut down. <clears throat> yeah. There is such a tremendous backlog on these cases, in order to give somebody due process, they got to do it. <laughs> you know, like they got to be able to to, it any way to they have can. it any way they can. The judges love it. The attorneys love it because they can do four or five of these a day and not have to worry about travel time. And oh uh, it's or such going
3: a, to the different courts. Can you imagine yeah, all the yeah, travel it, they did going to the different courts?
2: And it's so crazy because I, I share office space in Manhattan with an attorney, a good friend of mine, and I you know, he's doing these sometimes I can hear like he's in his office and I can just hear it. And the, the attitudes of, Hey, um, I, I got a really important call coming in on a case, a settlement case. Like I'm going to need to take a break for like five minutes. And everyone's like, yeah, sure. Okay, no problem. You know, and it's like, wow, if you tried to do that in a court reporting uh, office, nobody would ever let that happen. Oh, let's take a five-minute reset. No, <laughs> you know, like, you can't do it. But now everyone's like, yeah, sure, you know, no problem. You know, let me just turn off the cat filter and make sure, you know, like <laughs> I don't have that going. Uh-huh. So it's it's yeah. here to stay, I think. Yeah. Yeah. You
3: know. It is, and I'm glad to have it. Uh it has facilitated it. I still think. I, I still think that there is an element of the human connection that invest that private investigators will always fill attorneys can do depositions and hearings right but field work <coughs> me field work is always going to be in the venue of the private investigator yeah somebody has to go locate these people somebody has to get an eye on them somebody has to go talk to them in their natural environment yeah. uh, it isn't going to be this um, Uh, this three this three levels of three levels of separation here somebody has to go meet the witness somebody has to go to the scene where the crash took place or the crime took place somebody has to have the boots on the ground yeah Uh, and that's always going to be where you and i are are going to be filling that need
2: yeah i think uh i think the moral of the story here is is this technology is here it's not going anywhere and it's just another tool it's not going to replace anything it's always going to be a need to do all that in-person stuff but it's yes. just another, tool another opportunity. Yeah. Another tool. <clears in the throat> toolbox. Uh, yeah. Shameless plug, right? Uh, <laughs> uh, Which I love. Your,
3: yeah. Your toolbox is completely unique, my friend. That's Thank you. Excellent. Thank stuff.
2: you. Um, so, uh, you know, it's, it's not going anywhere and, yeah. you know, embrace it, learn how to use it, learn how to use it to your advantage. Right. Cause yes. I've had situations too where it's just like, oh man, the person's not available or they're leaving tomorrow. And then they're, you know, they're the only time they have is, is like right now. Well, I can't get somebody there right now, but I can get and jump online and we can do, uh, you know, a, a video uh, portion of it. Okay. Sure. Law says we can, we can do a um, a yeah. statement, you know, and it's, it's, it's notarized. Like, okay, let's do it. Um, and I'm able to get the job done at the end of the day. Do you remember it's it's a new tool? Do
3: you remember what I don't know if you remember this one? Blackberries came out when we went from flip phones to blackberries.
2: Yeah, the tracking ball. You know, just twist the ball, twist the ball. I found
3: that to be a one, probably the most important technological leap for me to make because I was very old school. Yeah, still a little old school. But once I figured out the blackberry, I thought, wow, I can learn how to do this. Yeah, this is simply another tool of innovation of communication. It's not a replacement, right? But it is a tool. Yeah. And uh, by using it wisely, the investigators can do very, very well for themselves.
2: I was more of a trio guy. Yeah, I liked a little stylus pen. Yeah, I didn't like the ball. The tracking <laughs> ball always broke. Like, Man, I had the first. I had the first Palm Pilot. Yeah. Yeah, which oh, the yeah, I think it's what the trio was through through bomb Pilot, I think if I remember, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now
3: I'm dating myself.
2: Yeah, we're all dating ourselves here. <laughs> this is a good place to end. <laughs> so. it,
3: is, it is before I go back to my high school year. exactly. The so
2: March 1600s. Mark, this this was great. Uh, I feel like we could, we could talk much longer on the on the subject, yeah, yeah. but at least just broaching it a bit and and talking about um, things to know and the ethics behind it, and, and just making sure that. Uh, you're taking advantage of everything you can and, and, and learn how to embrace it. Uh, I appreciate you coming on and just riffing with this stuff. And uh, if folks want to get a hold of you, how would they uh, get a hold of you?
3: Oh, man. Visit our website, completelegalinv.com. inv.com uh, we also have a site at theprofitablepi.com for our manuals mm-hmm. and information there. And you can always follow us on YouTube, Investigators in Cars Drinking Coffee. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm on Complete Legal NV on Twitter. I don't think I've got. I've got personal stuff. I'm always on LinkedIn too at Mark yeah. Murnan. So uh, yeah. uh, M-U-R like Murphy, N A N like Nancy. So yeah. hook us up, look us up, and uh, we'll be following you guys back as well.
2: Yeah, definitely, definitely. And what part of uh, Florida are you in?
3: We are in Palm Beach Gardens, Florida. Fantastic. Home of the Honda Classic.
2: There you go. We're
3: about uh, we're about uh, ten miles south, ten miles north of um, West Palm Beach, about an hour north of Fort Lauderdale, and a couple hours north
2: of Miami. the Gold Coast. Awesome, there you go. Okay, so thanks everyone for tuning in. Uh, We're pretty much done here, and uh, this was great, and uh, I I appreciate everyone coming on and and checking this out, and uh, definitely reach out to Mark if you have any questions. So Everybody have
0: a good week, and we'll catch everyone next week on the next episode. Take care. Thanks to Mark for talking with Matt about this very interesting topic. Here's a little known fact. We Don't Need No Stinking Badges originates from the 1935 book and 1948 movie The Treasure of Sierra Madre. Blazing Saddles is just one of the many movies to borrow that famous line. And we used it for educational purposes only. Just in case they come for us, Matt.
1: If you're the police, where are your badges? Badges? We ain't got no badges. I don't have to show you any stinking badges? Better not come any closer.
0: We also want to thank Crosstracks, J.T. Palmer, Satellite Investigations, PI Institute for Education, and CGA for sponsoring the show. Please support our great supporters. Now, have you thought about joining the investigators' toolbox yet? Now's the time to do so. Get on board and join the fastest-growing digital community for investigative professionals use code PIP twenty eighteen thirty six to save 10% on membership if you have a question or a comment about the show email matt at matthews at satellitePI.com. you can also find him on linkedin instagram and facebook we want your feedback to bring you the best shows possible and we'll be back next week with a new show make sure you tune in and stay safe out there